a Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Hi. Cecilia. Yes. Do you have a favourite type of therapy? Like if you could have any oh. type of treatment... Funny you should ask that because I, you know, during um, the last couple of months, you know, people haven't really been able to do very much of those things. And I was thinking, what would I like? Maybe I could try some kinesiology after we talked um, the other day about it. Yes. But no, really massage Mm. is my thing. Mm. Yeah. And I think I realised the other day that I haven't been feeling stressed at all, weirdly, because I think, you know, stress is kind of a thing Mm -hmm. at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But I woke up. And my head was just aching and my shoulder, I could barely move my shoulder the other morning and I thought, Did I you, know what that is. You ran a marathon in your sleep? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I actually just think it was my body going, hang on a minute, this is how we're dealing with with life right now and it's it's manifesting in a physical fashion. So, so it's funny the massage. things that happen though overnight. Really? You're like, <laughs> I went to bed fine and I woke up and I can't move my head. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've slept. Jordy said to me the other morning, Mum, why when I wake up in the morning do I have the worst taste in my mouth? And I'm like, who knows where you've been overnight, mate? I am not sure where you went in your dream. Dreams. Eating slugs. <laughs> or maybe just brush your teeth better. There's an idea. Hey, um, oh. I can hear some giggling in the background, which means we have a very special guest and he's been very, very kind and uh, waiting for us to do our little bit together. Welcome to the Wellness Collective, Guni Sodi. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. And uh, no, we're really enjoying this conversation, actually. Oh, I we mean, should keep going. To hear. <laughs> yeah. Let's about ourselves. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you so much, Natalie and Cecilia, for, you know, having me on. I'm, I'm super excited to, to kind of get into the conversation and just uh, provide value for your guys' community. Oh, I love it. Can you... Give us a, a rundown of who you are and what you do. Absolutely. So my name is Guni Sodi. I live in Dallas, Texas. And my whole life, I grew up around Ayurveda. My dad is a Ayurvedic and naturopathic physician. And from a very early age, I was exposed to the powers of Ayurveda. But I wouldn't know how truly impacted I would be until I was hit with a real life event and I used Ayurveda to get myself back to what I consider, you know, what, what, who considers what normal. But I was in a very dark place and having been exposed to some of these healing modalities that are later I learned much more deeper into Ayurveda, um, I kind of went into that and I wanted to share how I felt. And so we also started a company called Uveda. So that's kind of who I am, you know, my background is in 15 years in the supplement industry, um, health and wellness. My father is an Ayurvedic naturopathic physician, uh, practitioner in Seattle, Washington. And so I grew up in a household that really understood the importance of how your body really has its own intelligence to heal. And sometimes it is better to not get in the way and trust the body's intelligence and sometimes support it with things that Ayurveda talks about. So could you tell us a little bit more if you feel comfortable? You said that you were in a really dark place and mm-hmm. uh, I feel like stories of other people really help us to connect to, you know, that, oh, me too. Wow. Mm. Could you talk a little bit more and tell us what actually was going on for you? 
Absolutely. I, I thank you for the question. So in 2006, I was in my 20s and I was talking to my brother on the phone. He's five years younger than me. And in our 20s, you know, what else are we talking about to do over the weekend? Hey, where are we getting together? Who, who's bringing what and, and where are we going out? So, you know, it's Friday. We're talking and we have a good conversation. Okay, he's coming over. My brother's name is Rishi. And I said, okay, Rishi, you're, you're, you're coming over and, and you can, you know, crash at our place. Don't go back home and everything I want to like live at your so, house. Everyone has cool names. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, he, he, he kind of comes, uh, we, we make the plans and I hang up the phone. Seven mi- minutes later, um, I get a call from his friend, uh, Nat and Cecilia. And his friend is hyperventilating on the phone, literally cannot catch his breath. And all he says is, Hey, Rishi's been in an accident. Pause. Rishi's been in an accident. And, and I'm, I'm like, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Have you talked to him? Is he okay? He was, I can't get a hold of him. He's not picking up his phone. It goes straight to voicemail. And right then and there, the fight or flight response kicks in. You know, my heartbeat just increases. I begin to kind of sweat and your brain automatically goes to the mm. worst case scenario. And I then hung up the phone and tried to call him as well. And nothing. It just went straight to voicemail. I mean, I, it, it, many times I tried to call him over and over again. And then what I realized was I, I called his friend again and he had an idea of where the accident took place. I was at the office and one of my coworkers was like, Hey, there's no way I'm going to let you go by yourself. Like not in this condition, you can't Mm. drive. Are you kidding me? And we go there together. We turn on the radio and while we're going there, it's about a 10, 15 minute drive. We hear on the news, there's been a fatal accident involving three cars. Soon as I heard the word fatal, I mean, not necessarily, I I lost it. Mm. I started hyperventilating. Um, I had to be calmed down. We arrive at the scene and it's just barricaded. There's firefighters there. I see his car. Um, I mean, it's basically what ended up happening was he died on the scene. He it was a head-on collision. And they say that the head-on collision kind of kn- knocked him out, but then his car caught on fire. And that's kind of what, you know, was there. And it was... Out of the three other cars that were there, and I think I believe five other people involved, he was the only one to have the, you know, the, the unfortunate happen. And from that moment on, I mean, what followed was we went to the hospital. I, you know, firefighters sent us there, not knowing what else to do. I mean, there's really nothing to be done. I mean, it's it's, it's all his body's there. That's all we can do. My mom, this is where I see my mom and dad and the family, and mom had to be given you know, anti-anxiety at that spot because she just could not function. She couldn't talk. And she, Mm. she was, you know, it's just one minute she's at work, just taking care of patients with my dad. The other minute, you know, she's at a hospital having to cope with her son being lost. After that, you know, in, in, in the Indian tradition, we go and usually you you do cremation and then you do go to India and and you spread the ashes in, 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 in the river in the Ganges. So, we're doing that. The, 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 everything takes place. You know, me and my family, I'm a complete zombie in this whole thing. Even at the funeral, I don't remember a single thing. All I remember is I went up and said a few words and that's it. I don't remember what I said. Mm. And we go to India, we come back. And 
when I believe six months later, when I'm kind of have coped with this and I'm ready to move on, I do remember this one thing is when it happened, well-intentioned people, meaning people told me to be strong. What I interpreted that was that that meant hold my feelings in, got to be strong. And I'll tell you right now to all your listeners, in my experience, that is the worst advice you can do. Yep. You're a human being. Grieving is a part of understanding the process. Being with your emotions, crying, that's not a sign of weakness. There's strength in that. And six months later, when I wanted to move on, Nat and Cecilia, I had full-on anxiety attacks, at least 10 to 12 a day, deep depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. I had to drop a semester of school because I couldn't function. Mm. And it was an extremely dark place. So dark that sometimes I would question, I was like, is this seriously what life is? Like, what, what's going on? And thankfully, I had my dad in my life because one day I got up and it was, I felt like absolute crap. And I apologize if I, if I say the wrong <laughs> word or anything here. Totally fine. So, and I went to him and I said, dad, I don't feel good at all. I feel, I feel horrible. And he goes, yeah, I know. I, I've seen it in you. I was just, I wanted you to kind of come and, and talk to me as well. He diagnosed me with PTSD right away. Mm. I mean, he knew. You know, he he's has 40 plus years of experience. He's seen ins and outs. And and guys, he looked at me and he said this. He goes, look, there's two options right here. Option one is I can sedate you and put you on the prescriptions and everything. And if you want that, I can't stop you. But there's five people in my 40 plus years of doing this that I've put that on, that have put been on prescription medications. And three of those five wanted it. And two, actually, I supported him with other things. But what I'm trying to say is the sixth one, I don't want my son to be because I know there's a better way. I know your body knows how to get through this. And we're going to help you through learning to be with your emotions, learning to actually do proper grieving, diet modifications. And we're going to also introduce herbs as well. After 30 to 45 days of following his advice, I was completely healed, completely. Wow. And I had a different relationship with my mind, with my emotions, with, with what had happened. And I understood how the body grieves. See, a lot of people ask me, it's like, well, you could have gone the other way. What made you, what made you turn around and, and want to actually get better? I said, because I was sick and tired of feeling like that. Yeah. I was sick and tired of it. I was like, this is not how we're supposed to be. There's so many layers to that situation that you lived through. I mean, even just the in the beginning where you said you got the phone call, I think anybody that has any sort of anxiety uh, in their life anyway dreads that phone call. It's like, yeah. you know, and, and so that in itself was probably enough to send you into a spiral, but then all then all the things that come after it, you know, it feels like there's only so much as human beings we can we can deal with before, like you say, you can't, you can't take any more. Do you think you needed to get to that point though, to look for ways to come out of it? Would, could you have a week after it happened, were you ready? That's, that's a really great question. I don't think so. I, I really think, and I look back at it and I go, 
would I be doing what I'm doing right now had that not happened? Probably not. In all honesty, guys, it probably not. Because I never realized that the voice in my head, I can sit there and observe it or I can change it and I don't have to listen to all the thoughts. But if I've recognized that there's a different relationship, that I am not the mind and not the emotions, emotions come and go, thoughts mm. come and go. That deep realization could never have happened without this event. I wholeheartedly believe that. Because I went to that extremely dark place to realize what the mind can do, but then also realizing what the mind can also do to bring you back. And I think anyone who's been exposed to some type of trauma, whether big or small, or, you know, serious life event can probably relate to that. You know, we did an episode with um, Karen Smith and she talked about how she lost loved ones in the Bali bombing and then was actually wanting to take her own life and went back and arranged for that to happen, like mapped that out in her head, went back to Bali, was going to actually take her life on the anniversary of that and something came over her that stopped that from happening. But she said the same thing. It wasn't... I had to be ready and I wasn't ready before that. And you can't, you can't necessarily rush it. You can't control that and you can't, part. Yeah, that's right. That's part mm. of the, the grieving process. But what I think a lot of us lack is the, the awareness that there's a process. And if we have the awareness, when I think even just knowing that and knowing that there's a process with grief and grieving changes things because it's not a matter of, oh, how am I going to deal with that? It's when will I be ready to deal with that? When will that happen? And I think that's probably what happened when you turned to your father that day. That was divine timing when it was ready and you were ready and he was ready to show you. I would be thinking that that was the right time, (laughs) that, that, you know, the right day, the right time. So, you know, you said that you've done, you did certain things, lifestyle changes, um, herbs, but what about the, the mental aspect of it? What was it that had to shift? Because we, you know, so many people will say, I've done that. I've done the herbal remedies. I've done the change in lifestyle. I've even done yoga. I might've meditated, but they're still sitting in that place of grief consciously or maybe even subconsciously. Now, that's a great question. And I'm so glad you bring, bring that up because in Ayurveda, it all starts in the mind. Okay. If, if you can't shift or understand what the mind is doing to be a pro or against you, that is where you win or lose. To me, what worked for me was being so, finding what, going back and realizing what I was extremely passionate about before this happened. Because when that happens, the fight or flight response and that trauma is all in the only thing in your consciousness. And now it's, it's the amygdala has been set at the point of, this is not normal, but, but wait a minute, it's six months ago. Why am I still fluctuating at this frequency here? Mm. It's because of that trauma was so extreme. And the more you focus on it. So personally, this, what I'm about to say is, is in my experience. It may be different for others, but this is what worked for me. If I continuously talked about how I felt, continuously visited that, continuously did research on how do I get out of this depression, continuously just just kept on being the poor me. That did not help me at all. I had to change that habit. It was a habit. Once I started, okay, guys, 
yeah, my, my brother has, has passed. It's, it, I'm extremely sad, but now I'm going to look at honoring what he was about. And now I'm going to put all of my attention at my passion. What, do I, what am I passionate about? I kept on getting more and more drawn to what I was extremely, I loved being creative. I started meeting people that were creative, that got me more further along. Then I took other steps. I wanted to open up a business. I got more passionate about that. So the yoga, the meditation, even the herbs will not work until that mind shift is there and that habit is there. That is the number one thing. And that's why, in my opinion, for me, therapy did not work for me. I felt like I kept on digging deeper and deeper. It helped me get to the understanding that, yes, he's no longer and, and I have to deal with it. But the moving on did not happen there. The moving on for me happened when I was able to not let the dominant consciousness just be about him and the loss and my thoughts and my feelings, but be <laughs> about what am I going to do now? Yeah. What am I passionate about now? And guys, believe me, when you're extremely passionate about something, and actually at that point for me, that was my only choice, that took over. Oh, absolutely. And sooner, and sooner and later, the thoughts, the feelings, along with everything else I did, but the mind shift, as you're pointing out, is it's a great question. And that's where it starts. That was the catalyst. And everything else built up like a snowball. Don't you think that your mind gets to a point where you go, I've had enough of thinking about <laughs> this thing. Just going over in the loop, the loop, the loop. And you get to a point and you just go, Okay, I need to move on because I've had enough of that. I think that that's particularly interesting though because I don't know that everybody has enough no. perspective or when you're in it to be able to do that. Mm. I remember reading um, Brandon Bay's story of her cancer and grief and how she talked about the grieving process when fully embodied takes around three days. It doesn't mean that you're not sad anymore and it doesn't mean that um, you're never going to think about your loved one or what you've lost again. But we're not taught to grieve. We're not taught to feel. And we're not taught to sit in that depth of emotion. And it won't just be one emotion. There'll be many emotions that come up. Um, and I found that fascinating because you're right. We're not taught to grieve. And also, how many people do we know that are grieving something they lost 30 years ago that they're still talking about as if they lost it yesterday? Mm. And having that perspective, I think, is is particularly important, but there seems to be, there is, there's two types of people in this world. And I think some of us are doers and throw ourselves into the doing, uh, you know, what we're passionate about to pull us out. But then if we don't have that awareness, or maybe we don't even ha know what our passions are because we've yes, never been yeah. able to develop them, mm -hmm. then that, I feel like that's possibly how we, we get even more stuck because what do we do with that? And just I want to also you know, make reference to the fact that I don't know what you see, Guni, but for my patients, sometimes they have to do the herbs and the lifestyle and whatever to give them enough. Is it confidence? Not even. It's. I think it's about just filling up them themselves enough to then be able to move into that that space that's so necessary. But when you're completely exhausted of, you know, and depleted of vitamins and minerals and you're mm -hmm. eating terrible food and you're not sleeping and you're not moving your body, then it's okay to start with that stuff, right? And then allow yeah. you to move forward. Absolutely. And and I was I would say I was an extreme case where I knew my mind space was not good. 
<laughs> you know, I knew the garbage going on in here was was not going to take me any further. But yes, to, to your point, that that in itself, that's why I said it was to me, the mind, I was grateful enough. And, and what what works on this is kind of the loss that happened to me was in reverse of the life cycle. Your youngest one is usually not the one that goes yes. the first. It's grandpa, parent. We're kind of programmed. Then you, then that. But when it's reversed, and as you were saying, Nat, it's it's like nobody's. No, no, we're not programmed to it, right? It's interesting that you say that because I felt that to a lesser extent. I didn't lose her, but this week our children went back to school, and it was the smallest member of the house that went first. And I had that yeah. exact feeling where I went, I yep. feel really uneasy about the fact that in a time that feels uncertain, I'm sending my smallest person yep. out to test the waters. It's a, it goes against everything that you just have as your core. And so I can see exactly just from my, you know, much smaller experience, how that would have thrown everything that what you, of, of how you thought life should play out into disarray. Yep. Absolutely. And there's, it's so interesting. Like you were saying, like, it's not like I don't, when I think of my brother, I'm not, I don't get sad or, or even when I was talking about the memory and, and I, I pictured pull, pulling up to the scene. Yeah. Things do develop in me and even in the moment, but I have a different relationship. It's through how to deal with it. Like the own kind of the awareness around it. I know that, okay, this feeling is going to come up. I'm going to feel it and it's going to be gone, you know? And it may happen a few times, but the strength, that's why it's, I always tell people the true strength is in feeling. It's not in resistance. It's in the feeling of it. And when I started feeling the emotions and to answer your question as well, the herbs and the, and, and, and the yoga and everything absolutely helps because what it does is they help to bring your cortisol levels down to help you get a little more relaxed and yoga and meditation actually brings you back into your body, into the present moment and out of this thing. <laughs> so it's like watching a bad movie over and over again. You don't want to do I that. I think there's an element also of we've got to, you know, when our adrenals learn a new way and that's what you were talking about, your body learned to operate out of this new level of stress. And yep, yep, yep. I would love to hear what you would say to your clients and patients because it's almost like what you're saying is we've got to show, we've got to bring that down, that threshold needs to come down. But our body doesn't know how to do that mm. unless we lead it to do that. And so if you don't mind talking a little bit about adrenal health, because I think for a lot of people, they recognise that their adrenals are overworked. And how is it that it's the, obviously probably the same thing, but how do we show the adrenals and the, the way, the can best I, way? Can I add to that? Way? as someone who probably wouldn't be able to recognize that it was my adrenals that were playing up, where do we start by identifying in the first place? Yeah, those are, those are really good questions. And I think it's, it's really interesting because I've seen it case by case, but, but where I see most of the overlap is in people lack of quality of sleep. When you have a taxed adrenal system, Quality of sleep is going to be not good. You're not going to wake up feeling refreshed. Your head is going to feel heavy. What, what is for me is there's like a rubber band that starts forming around my head. Your digestion is going to be extremely off and your immune system is going to suffer. Now, those are just some of the things of being adrenally fatigued. I mean, you're going to constantly feel tired. From an emotional level, 
I think there's going to be a lot of tightness in the stomach and a lot of anxiety there. Now, if you can't recognize those, what I would simply say is for people that are listening, and maybe this is the first time you're hearing it, assess your quality of sleep. Are you able to stay asleep throughout the night? Are you waking up feeling refreshed and, 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 and happy? Are you able to fall asleep easily? And then how is your digestion? In Ayurveda, digestion is one of the most important things for, for overall optimal health. They say there's a second mind in the gut. And that is so true because a lot of the feel-good hormones, even the anxiety, you know, this is what's why they say, quote unquote, listen to your gut. I mean, it's the second mind. Why would you not? <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's where I would say is, is where you begin. And what you can do is, Eckhart Tolle says it the best. What is unconscious, you can never have control over that. But the minute you are able to make a habit or something you want to change conscious, you can change it. In fact, it's changed there because now it's no longer subconscious. It's at the conscious level. Then it comes to repetition and discipline. It, there's a reason I say it took me 30 to 45 days. It wasn't like I had a talk with my dad and three days later, I'm like, oh my goodness, it's a miracle, you know? <laughs> No, I mean, the mind and the body need to be on the same page. Sometimes it's the hardest thing to convince the mind. Did you feel like yeah. in those 30 days, though, that each day you were etching closer to feeling better? Or did it actually, did you actually just say, I'm committed to doing this for X amount of days and then I'm going to reassess? So that's a, yeah, I mean, I, I love that you asked that because a lot of people wonder that as, as well. First two weeks, I noticed nothing. I was just going with it because I, I wholeheartedly trusted my dad. I had, I was like, what do I have to lose? I feel like crap anyways. First two weeks, nothing. And I think it took that much time to detox my body, my mind. But then week three, whoa, hold on. I, I'm not feeling, I don't have the anxiety attacks anymore. Week four, holy moly, like, man, I'm, I'm calm. I can just sit here and focus. And after that, back to my, back to myself back to being normal, back to school, back to enjoying life. And, and it, it takes some time. But again, I was saying I was in a deep place. Yeah. Like, but also being able know. to recognize, oh, last week I felt this way mm. and this week, like that's a big thing too, isn't it? Being able to have that insight. Now, can we just talk a little bit about um, the philosophy of Ayurveda? I mean, um, I, I did read somewhere that it's based in nature, um, and a lot of the philosophy is, is around connection with nature. And I bring that up because I feel like 2020 has brought lots of, um, you know, challenges <laughs> for people. And personally, and, in, and amongst people that I know, getting back to nature has been something that has made people be able to control their anxiety, to be able to feel a bit more grounded in their life. Um, and so I just wondered what your thoughts were about that. I mean, have you found that personally and with your clients as well? Absolutely. It's, in fact, it's, it's one of the therapies my dad recommends anybody. I think he did, he, sh he shared with me this, this insane, crazy study that they did. I think it was in Japan. When you go out and spend time in mother nature, there's something between 60 to 70%, your immune system is boosted for the next three weeks. Wow. Just spending time in mother nature. And I found that just riveting. And I absolutely believe that. It's next time you ever feel stressed or just you're, you can't clear your head, go take a, 
go take a walk in, 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 if you have, if you, whatever you have, you know, everyone's, everyone has a different climate, like beaches, the forest. For me, I love, um, I grew up in Seattle and I love going in the forest and just being deep and listening to all the sounds and try it with bare feet. Find a good spot where you're barefoot. There's something about the energy of the earth connected to the energy of you that feels, makes you feel really connected. Just let yourself go. And you will feel so connected, so released. There's a quote that says, nothing in nature is rushed, yet everything is accomplished. Nothing can be more true than that. Mm. And Ayurveda is all about that balance of mind, body, and spirit. Is As you are, it's a reflection of your environment. As your environment is, it's a reflection of you. Ayurveda, basically, the Ayur, A-Y-U-R, is life. Veda is knowledge. Life, knowledge. And as Mother Nature creates, I mean, it's, it's, it's as, as, as we live, right? There's different seasons. There's different things to do during the different seasons. In winter, there's more focus on hibernation. In the mm. summer, there's more focus on getting out. Different foods, different seasonalities. It's as Mother Nature produces. And as we live in the harmony and as we try to follow the cycles, that is when the balance, the homeostasis, because we're always going towards that, is, is easier to achieve. Mm, I love that so much. Guni, we are etching out of time, but we're pretty sure our listeners would love to learn where they can connect with you and um, look more at your podcast and your work. Where would they find you? Absolutely. So we are on Instagram at uh, uveda underscore. You can just search for us on uveda, Y-O-U-V-E-D-A. I'm also there, but I'm more active on our, our account. You can also visit our website at www.uveda.com forward slash podcast. We have a special uh, discount for, for all the listeners that are listening on your podcast as well. So www.youveda.com forward slash podcast. We have tons of just, you know, great knowledge. It's called the Knowledge Center, everything to do with Ayurveda. I have my own podcast there as well. It's called the Balance Being Podcast. I go deeper into the, some of the things we've touched on here. Um, there's episode two or three, I think, that I go very deep into my experience of what, what happened with my brother and how I pulled myself out. And then, of course, you know, our, our Ayurvedic supplements. If you guys want to try some of the supplements for mood and digestion, like we mentioned, we're there, you know, that's where you can learn. And we do have um, Australia and New Zealand distributors that, that can get it to you much faster than we could. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got listeners from all around the world. So um, that's I'm good. sure that, yeah, definitely yeah. Be, yeah, there'll be lots of people that will definitely love to check all of that out. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. It's been actually very, I've learned a Grounding, lot. Yes, I think. Definitely. Yeah, it makes me want to take my shoes off, although we've here. just got Minky Carp and <laughs> no, I don't need that for you. This is like Plastic Central. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would keep my shoes on for that one. There's no grounding going on in amongst the petrochemicals in here. But yes, anyway, we'll get outside and do that. Cecilia, uh, we are really desperate for a review. Just oh one. Oh my, <laughs> I know. I think um, people have really dropped the ball. Although I will say I've been making another podcast mm-hmm. recently and one of the girls that I've been doing that with tried to rate 
our new podcast mm-hmm. and she kept pressing one star. I was like, oh. no, don't do that. Oh, hilarious. No, no, she didn't know how <laughs> oh. to build up the stars. Oh, I'm like, no, 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 oh, just go straight to five. Yes. Five, 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 five. We always want five stars. <laughs> we definitely want five stars. And we also love to connect with you on Instagram, the Wellness Collective podcast. Yes. And you can get on over there and, you know, if there's a guest that you would like us to feature mm-hmm. or you just want to show us where you're listening, send us an Insta story. We'd love to feature that and stay on there tuned as well. because we're you know, we have oh, news to share. We too. do always have exciting things to share, and That's a few right. things coming up that are pretty exciting. So, um, I want to say thank you to uh, Guni and everyone for listening today, and we will be back next time. That's right. Until next time, we do hope that you've <laughs> forgotten how we do this. <laughs> Healthier and better. Oh, so profesh. <laughs>